0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the College Gridiron Podcast. It is week nine of the college football season. Working the board and my, my right hand, essentially, Jimmy Sullivan, is back. And I'm back in studio this good, week. Good to see you. It's, it's great to be back. Last, Happy to have you. Last week, midterms kind of got the best of me. And I got you, no. ke- Kept me out of studio, and and it's great to be back.
1: Fun fact, I have, no, like, no midterms this year. It's really weird.
0: You're, you're a lucky guy. I know. Because midterm week is not great, just like last week wasn't great to Ohio State. Did they lose last week? D- th- not only did they lose, they lost Big. Uh, the final score, 49-20, losing to Purdue, who moves to 4-3 and three on the year, who, as we talked about before the show started, has kind of been on a downswing as a program ever since, I don't know, Drew Brees left?
1: Yeah, but that was the last time. They went to a Rose Bowl when Drew Brees was there. Yeah. That was the only time they've ever really done that. Uh, they really went in a downturn. Daryl Hazel was the head coach there, and I wanted him to succeed because I thought he was going to be good, but it didn't work out. Now they have Jeff Brom, who I really like, who's doing a really good job there. I think they're 4-3 and three now? Yeah, 4-3. Yes. and three. So that's a program that could be a player in the Big Ten. And I mean, the way the Big Ten is now, you've got the haves and the have-nots, and you do not get caught on the wrong side of that line. No. And I think Purdue could be starting to build up here where you have maybe some of these teams go down a little bit, and they could be contending. I mean, you never, ever really know.
0: Yeah, so I think we just need to jump right into it from the Ohio State side. What went wrong? I I know that last week we spent a lot of time talking about Ohio State and what their defense was gonna look like, minus Nick Bosa for the rest of the season, but and and of course talking about how Dwayne Haskins needs to really like prove himself and show what he can do. But it's not like this was the first week that they've been out with that they have not had Nick Bosa. It's been what four four weeks now, Since the almost Penn State five game. weeks. Yeah, they right. haven't yeah. had him for a while, and they just looked completely out of sorts, giving up forty nine points to Purdue. What's going on?
1: And, and that's at the top of the list of things you don't want. By the way, let me just say, <laughs> the the Big Ten West is a little drunk this year. <laughs> Purdue is currently a half game back. They're tied with Iowa and Wisconsin. Northwestern currently leads the standings. If the season ended ended today, Big Ten title game would be Michigan-Northwestern. But (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) and honestly, Northwestern's got a shot at it, but we can get into that some other time. But I think it would be easier for this Ohio State defense if we're talking about that. What didn't go wrong? Gave up 546 total yards. You look at some of the rushing for Purdue. DJ Knox rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, this guy, Rondell Moore, 12 catches, 170 yards. The secondary had a lot of busts, so it really— you can't just point to Nick Bosa not being there and say, oh, it's all him. It's it's on Nick Bosa because he's hurt, and this defense is different without him. And it's, it's true because they're not as good. But there were also busts in the secondary. I mean, I thought this team, go even going into the year, their defense wasn't as good as last year because I think especially they lost Denzel Ward off of last year's team, and that's a guy who—top-five pick, just a gamer— I mean, he's a big physical corner, especially in college. He could really, like, shut down your best receiver. They don't have that guy that they they had the last couple years. They don't have that guy this year. They've
0: been DBU the last couple years. Eli Apple, March on Lattimore, Denzel Ward. Malik Malik Hooker. Exactly. I mean, it's just really confusing. Garyon Conley even two years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's just very, very confusing as to what happened. I think the biggest thing is giving up 128 rushing yards and – Three touchdowns? Yeah, it's not... That's that's where they're really missing Nick Bosa, I think. I mean, mean, sure, you could say that they gave up almost 400 yards passing and his his ability to rush the edge, but as a run stopper, I think he's a little underrated, and he's more than just a, a simple pass rusher. He does a lot for this defensive line as a whole, and I think we finally saw that come to light against Purdue. Oh, absolutely, and they miss him so much because he's just you
1: look at players who are disruptive right he was disruptive his brother when he was there was really disruptive and he almost carried that 2015 team which was not that good to a playoff because the defense was keeping him in every game and when you miss that then your defense goes from hey this is amazing to okay now they're just good you're not going to beat you're not going to win a national championship with especially this year with some of the offenses that are in college football with a good defense it's a talented defense, don't get me wrong, but they're missing the only really key piece that they have. But even, I mean, if you look at some of their games, like before this, I don't have it up in front of you. They give, they give up 26 to Indiana, they Give up a lot of yards to Penn State. They should have lost that game. And they, this has sort of been, I don't want to say they had it coming because Purdue really, how good is Purdue? But they they had a, a poor, a, an exceptionally poor performance coming to them, whether this was going to be against Purdue or if it was going to be against Michigan. And it just so happened to be this week. I do still think they can get to the playoff, believe it or not. Uh, they need a lot of help, but it could happen. Uh, this is a bad one, though. They're stinging from this one, and uh, they they have to win out, and they just don't. To me, they've got too many weaknesses right now between their offensive running game, stopping the run defensively. I just don't think they're there.
0: So let's go to the offensive side of the ball, because obviously the defense was a nightmare. The offense wasn't much better. They In the third quarter, they were down 21-6. to and the final numbers and the final score as a whole, 49-20, doesn't really tell the whole story of the offense. Sure, they scored 40 points. But when Dwayne Haskins is 49 for 73, yes, 73 pass attempts, and what's that, 470 yards passing with two touchdowns and a pick? Completed two-thirds of his passes. You would expect him to score more than 20 points. Yeah. And him to, score, him to be involved on more than... 14 points, essentially. I, mean, I guess being down early dictates throwing the ball, but 73 attempts, almost 500 yards, and only two touchdowns? A lot of it... See, they were throwing it
1: exclusively late in the game, but even early in the game, I thought that the offensive game plan... You know this is a team that when they won the national title in 2014... All they did was run the ball. They were on their third-string quarterback. Zeke Elliott was a beast. I mean, granted, anybody could run the ball with Zeke Elliott, but still. I mean, he was ripping off an 85-yard run against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, and, and that's what they were doing. That was the Buckeye identity, 2015, same thing. Even, I'd say, to an extent in 2016, but they had more of the quarterback run going at that point, and even last year as well. And this year, just like, J.K. Dobbins has not stepped up. Mike Weber is, has always kind of been up and down. And I, I've been disappointed really with Dobbins, honestly, because yeah, he was—he looked like that. Those first couple of games last year, he looked like he was going to be a superstar, mm-hmm. and it just has not panned out. So Ohio State's got to fix that,
0: and honestly, I don't know if they have it in them. Yeah, I th- I think I'm with you. I, I mean, the, obviously the litmus test is going to come against Michigan, as it always does sure. in a game that, ever since John Harbaugh took over, have Ohio State has owned that series, but. They have significant problems, and if they have any desire to make the college football playoff, they need to figure it out fast.
1: They sure do. I mean, let's just look at their schedule, their last four games, because they have a bye this week. Versus Nebraska, we all know that's a really tough game. Uh, (laughs) uh, At Michigan State, could be a tough tough game. game. Michigan State gave Michigan a game this week. No reason to think they can't do that for Ohio State. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually upset them there more than I think about it. At Maryland... Maybe, eh. maybe not. Uh, and then they got Michigan. And Michigan for me right now is the best team in the big time. Where
0: where is that game? Is that is that at that the, game the is horseshoe?
1: In, it's uh it's in Columbus. Yeah. Okay,
0: so at the horseshoe, I mean that that could go either way as always. Um I wanna move on real quick and just because we have a lot to get to today and we're gonna try to get to everything. Let's talk very quickly about this Michigan Mich- uh, Michigan State game. We talked about it last week. In-state rivalry is always interesting, but coming off that that game that Michigan had the previous week, where they looked unbeatable, you kind of expected a little bit more. Uh, first quarter, they ran, what, five plays before the the weather delay? And they were out for probably hour, hour and a half, if that, maybe a little bit more, give or take. So you can't really blame them for not getting into a rhythm early on because of that. The final score, 21-7 to in favor of the Wolverines, isn't as impressive as we thought it was going to be. Um, another so-so game out of Shea Patterson. It was another defensive standout game for Michigan that we have come to see in recent weeks. And ultimately, what could win them, not only the Big Ten not only a big-time championship, but could propel them into a playoff spot.
1: It could, and you sound a little concerned about Michigan, am I right?
0: A little bit. Their offense is not convincing. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm not. And I know we talked about this yeah. during the game. Yeah, um, we did. I mean, we were DMing on Twitter, and I was like, their defense is elite, but I don't know if they can outscore people.
1: No, they can't, but I, I don't think they're going to have to, because if you— Look at the numbers, okay? Shea Patterson, fourteen of twenty-five for two twelve and two scores. Karan Higdon, thirty-three runs, hundred forty-four yards. This team, to me, it's LSU North. To me, this is what I think of when I when I see this Michigan team, and people will say, "Well, they don't score a lot of points." For me, they get a lot of that energy from their defense, where like their defense can create plays and create turnovers. They held Michigan State to ninety-four total yards. That's pretty good. Oh, That's great. really good. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the, the weather delay I thought was funny because the same thing happened to Michigan State when they played Penn State last year and they actually yep. won. So I was kind of laughing at that. But this defense is so utterly dominant that I will more than happily live with playing 21 points. Granted, they're going to have to, if they get to the playoff and they're like a four seed, they're going to have to outscore, I'll just be preemptive and say it, they're going to have to outscore Alabama. And I don't think they can do that. But it's a team that feasts on their defense, they feast on physicality and Shea Patterson is being asked to make a few plays each game and not turn it over, and he's really done that to a T. So I'm not—I think they have enough offense, and I'm not concerned.
0: I just—I think my thing with Michigan offense is that uh, there was so much hype around Shea Patterson transferring in from Ole Miss in the beginning of the season and being the savior of Michigan. And he just really—I ha- mean— uh, they're a good team, don't get me wrong. And they are where they are because of their defense. And Patterson hasn't done anything too bad. But he just hasn't lived up to expectations to me. I think a lot of that was a
1: narrative, too, because people were looking at Michigan last year with the quarterback situation and going, oh my God, they were a quarterback away, kind of like, again, kind of like LSU, from being a national title contender. And people who were saying, well, Shea Patterson has to be the savior. I don't know if Shea Patterson ever thought that. And I think, too, He's still getting used to the new system like we all can't be like, you know, Russell Wilson, where we just go over in one year and
0: completely overhaul, rip it up
1: and be a finalist for the Heisman. It's just it's not going to work like that. So I think Shea Patterson's done pretty much everything they have asked him to do. He hasn't done anything more. And honestly, that's probably fine for this Michigan team. I think they can get to the playoff with where their offense is right now. I don't think they can win a national title, but honestly, they'll take this over what they've been doing in the past.
0: So there's just a few games that I'm going to touch on real quick because there's not really much to talk about there. Um, Clemson kind of put to bed any any uh, problems that people may have had with them with an absolute monstrous performance against an undefeated NC State team yep. who play- has played well up to this point. They were ranked 16th in the country at the time of this game, and Clemson just smashes them 41-7. to uh, LSU didn't really play as well As people expected them to 19-3 to against Mississippi State I guess holding them to three points Is good and is a good sign For their upcoming games Which is turning into a game of the year Must watch LSU Alabama game <laughs> Game of, of the weeks. year might be the
1: game of the century <laughs> Yeah
0: um, Kentucky won, good for them, fourteen to seven, another win for the Wildcats. My I'm ha- boys. I'm happy to see them do well. Yeah. Um and then Oregon really laid a laid an egg against Washington State. Uh the 20 Uh rumors Justin Herbert's gonna come back to school for his senior year, which kind of puts a, a dent in my in my hopes for him. And honestly that's changed too. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen my new narrative about about the twenty nineteen draft class, but Which is that, that
1: it's not that good? Is that what you're It's saying? not that
0: good, but there th- should be things done at the top that could change, and it needs to lead to the 2020 draft for the better quarterback class. Oh,
1: you've been talking about like two to of the Giants yes, in 2020. I have yes. Yeah. Yes, That's a I conversation
0: that. for a different day. We'll get and there In <laughs> a different podcast, maybe. a different podcast, maybe. We'll get yeah. there eventually. But yeah, I don't know. The, the Pac 12 just shot any chance they had at a playoff contender, so there's really no not much need to even think about them anymore and that kind of leads into our next discussion. We are officially a week away from the very first college football playoff poll of the 2018-2019 season. Big times. Big times. Very exciting times. So, I want to get this out of the way first. I think we're going to we're going to talk about who we see as their top 4 and then the top and then the next two out. I want to get it out of the way. Jimmy, is Alabama your number 1?
1: Actually, they're not. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alabama
1: is number one by leaps and bounds. I'm starting to think if they win the national title, we have to talk about them among the greatest teams of all time.
0: Honestly, uh, this is what I'm thinking. I was saying the same things. I watched. There weren't any other good games on during Alabama-Tennessee, so I kind of just made myself watch it. And just watching them play, it blew my mind. I mean, Tennessee's not a bad team. No. But they're-, they're not a good team. They're better than they were last yeah. year. Yeah. But the way that... Tua Tagovailoa and the Alabama offense were, were carving them up. Was crazy to me. Some of the I the one the play that stands out to me was a throw by Tua into double coverage that went for a touchdown on a
1: post route earlier yeah, in the game. That yeah, po- that, that post route that was
0: the best throw I've seen him make in that game. Not obviously not this year because he's done amazing, but outside of the number one team, which is obviously Alabama. I think it's really wide open as to who the next three teams are. I think it's kind of obvious who is going to make it, but where they end up in the initial rankings is what interests me the most.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. So if you were asking for a top six, you mind if I give it out now? Go ahead. All right, so Alabama's at one, obviously. I think Clemson's two. They've had some close calls, but one of them was with a 3rd string quarterback. I'll let that go. They look really good now. Three, I'm going to go with LSU over Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, I think this LSU team is really, really good. I know they kind of laid an egg against Florida. That was a disappointing game, but it's the SEC. They have played insane competition all year, ranked teams most weeks, and they've won. Four, I will go with Notre Dame. I still believe that head-to-head should be important with teams. They beat Michigan the first week of the year. I think Michigan looks better right now, but I want to put Notre Dame ahead of them because I, st- I still believe in that head-to-head aspect. It's sort of like the discussion they had with TCU and Baylor a few years ago. I, I think I still believe in that, even though it was so long ago. Uh, number five, Michigan. Michigan, is- Michigan controls their own destiny. They are in if they win out. Mm-hmm. I know they're going to be in my rankings at five, but I think that team wins out. I think 1,000% sure. I think you have to put him in the playoff. Yeah. I, I think there's no doubt about it. Six is a little tough for me. I'm a little partial here because I picked UCF, and I want to put him there. But do I do it? I'm going to put Georgia at six. It's, I'll put Georgia yeah, at six. It's, yeah. it's not and I don't what, I don't trust Texas, by the way. I, I still don't. It's
0: not what you want to happen. It's what you think is going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to put Georgia at six. I still think Texas is Texas is going to trip up here somewhere. Uh, and then, if you want the rest of the top 10, I'll put Oklahoma 7. Uh, I'll go Ohio State 8, actually. Give me Texas at 9 and Florida at 10. Okay. Yeah. But so, you only have to do top 6. I don't know why I just did
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, like I said, Alabama is obviously number 1. And while I think Clemson is right now the second best team in the country, they do not come in at number 2 on my rankings. I actually, And I'm going to get a lot of hate and bias for this, but I think Notre Dame's number two in this really? initial ranking. I think that their three wins over, who were at the time, top 25 teams, obviously Virginia Tech's no longer in the top 25, but you look at it. It was Michigan at number 12, it was Stanford at number 7, and it was Virginia Tech at number 24. I think that those wins alone can catapult them into number two, I won't be surprised if it doesn't happen, because their other performances have not been great. But I think you cannot discount those top twenty-five wins, and I think that's what a lot what the committee looks at is who have you played and who have you beaten. And I don't think any other team has played the type of schedule that Notre Dame's played this year and has come out with the results that they have. That's fair. Uh, I have Clemson number three. Like I said, it's second best team in the country, but just the way their schedule has played out and kind of their their team has played out might make them the number three team. And then I'm going to go with LSU. And I struggled with who I was going to have this number four spot for a long time. I was going between LSU and Michigan for a very long time. I was sitting in one of my classes, I and I my mind drifted, and I was sitting there thinking... Is it going to be LSU, or is it going to be Michigan? And I think strictly because LSU beat Georgia, they get in over Michigan.
1: I think LSU's been playing better teams, too. Yes, Like, the only—I have to look at Michigan's schedule to be sure, but they beat Wisconsin at home. I really don't think Wisconsin's that good, and trust me, I would know. (laughs) Uh, And they beat Michigan State. And there's something to be said for that, don't get me wrong, but LSU's playing, like— Auburn and Georgia, and right. Auburn is not that good, but like Georgia and Florida, Mississippi State, and all these teams are ranked that they play pretty much every week, even Miami, right. first week of the year. Yeah. So I think they've been playing high-leverage games every single week, and they've been coming out on top in all but one. So I think you have to give them the credit for yes.
0: this. So then at number five, I'm going to go with Michigan, obviously. And then at number six, I'm actually going to go with Texas. Mm. I kind of have my rankings besides Notre Dame and Clemson are what the AP poll was this week. I think they had it right. I think Texas is a good team. They showed that against Oklahoma. I don't think they're good enough to eventually make their way into the top four and into the conversation to make the playoff bid. But for right now, they're there, and that's what we can really only go off of. You know, This first ranking is what we can see right now, and right now I think they're the sixth best team in the country. And just because you did it means I'm going to have to do it. (laughs) Go for it. I gotta give the rest of my top ten. I think at seven, I'll go with Georgia. I that loss against LSU isn't bad. It's a it's like if you want to call it a good loss, it's as good a loss as you can have all year, losing to a team that's currently in the top four and doing
1: it in October. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I'll go with Oklahoma at eight because again, Texas loss is a good loss. Um, I I'll go Florida at nine. And then it's between Ohio State and UCF for me. And this is going to lead perfectly into our next topic. I think it has to be Ohio State at number 10, just ahead of UCF. Strictly because of the pedigree, the teams they've played, the teams they've beaten, and the teams that they are going to have played and possibly have beaten.
1: So you would take a one-loss Ohio State over an undefeated UCF if it came to that?
0: I think I have to. I think I do, too. And, like I said, this And play- I love UCF, but I think And did. this plays perfectly into what we're going to talk about now. UCF AD Danny White called out the college game day team for their comments on, on Saturday's show about UCF, saying that, you should basically discredit the 20-game win streak that they're currently on and put other teams ahead of them and that UCF does not really deserve to be recognized for what's happening. What do you think about that, James? Well, I
1: actually, let me, let me play what, what Kirk Herbstreit said because if you don't believe what we're saying, you should believe it because he said it. So we're going to get that up. Here we go. To get into the top four, you need to look behind you at teams like Utah State, App. State Fresno State these teams on on paper which is what you want to look at a lot of times are better than UCF and more deserving than UCF that's why I thought I had to the pro Okay did, that makes no sense Did
0: Kirk Herbstreit really just say that Appalachian State who shouts them for being ranked I'm so happy for yes, them Yes
1: they should have been ranked 3 weeks ago
0: But Utah State Appalachian State Fresno State are we really saying that they're better than UCF Kirk Herbstreit
1: I mean, I don't even see—Utah State is not ranked. Fresno State's not ranked. They're both receiving votes, and that's cool and all that. But one that makes no sense, UCF has bulldozed just about everyone they've played except for Memphis, and they're good because Mike Norville's going to be a head coach in the Power Five next year probably for somebody because somebody's going to get fired and whatever. I just think where college football is at right now is that you need to play people to go to the college football playoff. It's not enough anymore to just be like Boise State in 2007 and be cute and go to the Orange Bowl. Hey, or Fiesta, we're, Bo- Fiesta we're, Bowl. And... we're
0: undefeated and quirky. Pick us. Yeah, pretty much.
1: It, it's, it's not enough to do that anymore. So then you have to play people. And I think UCF wants to play people. But then these teams, when they go to play them, they're like, no. Why would we do that to Why ourselves? would we play UCF? Because we're going to lose. Yeah. And so it's like a catch-22, and it's this self-fulfilling prophecy where it just comes back to, well, you don't play people. Well, nobody wants to play us, but you don't play people. And UCF's never going to win, and I, I feel for them. I do, because they're not going to the playoff this year, and it's not going to happen. I will eat a piece of paper live on this show if it <laughs> happens, which I will regret saying that, believe me. But at, there are, there's a monopoly of teams that, if they're successful, no matter what, they're going to get in and I think we saw it last year. They weren't even considered for the playoff, and they were, they were thinking about putting a two-loss team in. So yeah. I, I, it's same as it ever was for me. And UCF's AD, I love this letter, where he basically said, uh, he closed it out. He's talking about the game day crew denouncing what they said, calling it uh, college football a popularity contest, but then he says, no one likes having their accomplishments disrespected. UCF fans are knowledgeable and passionate, and I applaud them for using social media to have their voices heard, which did they ever. Mm-hmm. The American Athletic Conference par- partners with ESPN. As such, we ha- hope to work with you as partners to fix a broken model. Will you join us?
0: It's, it's He's
1: throwing fire, it's which a, I like.
0: It's a scathing letter from Danny White. And... While I understand what he's saying, because he's right, college football has turned into a popularity contest. Last year we saw Alabama make the college football playoff and eventually win the national championship after they lost to both Georgia and Auburn. Yeah. And they were 2 lost team ahead of an undefeated UCF. And granted, you can argue that the two losses were as I'm calling them now, good losses because it was to a team that lost to UCF in the uh, Peach Bowl? Orange Bowl. Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl. Yeah. There it is. And then and then Alabama beat the team that beat them in the national championship. So you could argue that Alabama deserved to be there strictly because of the teams they lost to and the teams they had beaten throughout the year. However, Jimmy, as you put perfectly, to be considered for accomplishments, acknowledgements, and spots in huge games, you need to do a better job as an athletic director to schedule better games. You're non-con... We see it everywhere now. Notre Dame's not a good example because they're an independent, but they're, they play an ACC football schedule, kind of. They still... They schedule Stanford, USC, um, Michigan. Great. If you want to be considered... Your non-conference schedule needs to look like playing a Pac-12 team, a Big Ten team, an ACC team, a Big 12 team, and not just like, not Nebraska, not TCU, not that team from Tallahassee, and, (laughs) and not Arizona State. You need to play perennial contenders for not only their conference championship, but for a national playoff. And you can make the argument, oh, why would we do that to ourselves? If we don't think we're there, we're going to lose and we're going to look stupid. If you, you can't have it both ways. You can't want to be acknowledged but not acknowledge yourself, if that makes sense.
1: No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, one of the first years I remember watching college football was 2006. One of the first memories I have of college football is the Vince Young Rose Bowl, but we won't get into that. One of the first years I remember was 2006. Boise State went to the Fiesta Bowl. They run the Statue of Liberty play. They beat Oklahoma. The only reason they got noticed that year was because the first week of the season, they went to Atlanta, played Georgia in the Georgia Dome, and won. That's the only reason they got seen that year. If it wasn't for that game, they would have just been one of these sort of also-rans where they might have gotten to a BCS Bowl. But it, it, there wouldn't have been the national hype, you know what I'm saying? There wouldn't have been a knowledge of Boise State. People wouldn't have been looking out for them, and they might not have been ranked that highly.
0: I mean, people were yelling for them to be in the national championship
1: game. Oh, that year, and what was the other year? 2009, the when Ke- they went undefeated? Yeah.
0: Was it the Kellen Moore year? One the, of the Kellen the, Moore one years, One, one yeah. of the Kellen Moore years. So, I, that's all we really have to say about, about UCF. I think that Danny White has a point, but he needs to do more about it. So in the In the time that we have left here, let's look forward to this week's games because there's a few that deserve deserve to be talked about and first off is Florida and Georgia Oof. nine versus seven going into Athens are the gators. This needs to be a get right game for Georgia because that game against l s u plus their bye week. They've had plenty of time to figure out what went wrong. And if they have any hopes of making it to the SEC championship game, let alone the playoff, they need to win this game.
1: And I think they will. I think that there's a Florida team that ranked ninth, they're scrappy, they play hard, and they're not nearly as talented as Georgia. I think this will be the game, I, I believe, that Georgia really puts their foot down and says, okay, enough. Where they've lost to LSU, and they've sort of, they've had some games where they've looked a little sleepy, and they're not going to look sleepy in this game. I think they win this one. I think they win it pretty easily, uh, honestly. I think they are upset after what happened in that LSU game, and I think there's going to be a little more energy there than usual. I think Florida's going to play hard. I think Florida can stay with them until the second half, and then I think... Georgia takes over. What's gonna be interesting to watch in this game is there are reports flying around that we may get a Justin Fields sighting in the wild, which I saw this on Twitter yesterday and I will I will work to confirm. That's interesting. I'm gonna need you to talk once I'm done here. <laughs> but a lot. But um yeah, I it's possible. So I would I would not touch that with a ten foot pole. If I was Kirby Smart, I would stick with my guy, but we'll have to see if, if Justin Fields plays.
0: So Vegas has this game at Minus 7 to Georgia, which I think is fair. A top 10 matchup in your home stadium. One possession game, that's a fair assessment. One thing that I have kind of been harping on since this show's inception is that Kirby Smart always has his guys ready to play. And they do They did not look ready to play against LSU. They were not ready for that type of energy out of LSU. And they came back to bite them, unfortunately. They lost that game, and they put a significant dent in any hope they had for the end of their season. However, as you said, he needs to stick with what's gotten him to this point, and that is quarterback Jake Fromm. We've talked about it on the show earlier this year where he did the opposite of what Dabo Swinney did at Clemson, and instead of having a quarterback controversy, he came right out and said, Jake Fromm is our guy, he got us to the championship last year, and barring a miracle out of two attack of Iloa, we're sitting here as your 2017-2018 national champions. And that should not be discredited. And As much as Justin Fields is a, a phenomenal talent, it's not his time yet. I still believe that Jake Fromm is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. He is going to solidify his status as one of the best quarterbacks coming out of next year's draft class. And I think that Kirby Smart has his defense ready to go against Florida and that this game will be that get-right game for Georgia, and they are going to win.
1: So so we agree on that big win for Georgia. Uh, By the way, that stuff I saw on Twitter, it was just conjecture. Uh, There's an SB Nation analyst begging for them to use Justin Fields. Why? There's a recruiting guy. There's Kane Brown, who's a country singer. I don't know where he came from. There's Peter Burns from ESPN. Dr. SEC, don't know who that is. And then there's just some other random people. I I don't get it. Most of the world is saying go to Justin Fields, and I think we are the two people who are like, eh, hang on. (laughs) Don't do it. I just
0: don't get it. I understand five-star quarterback – Was he number one or number two behind Trevor Lawrence? No,
1: he... uh, I think he was number one, right?
0: Well, it depended on the
1: board you looked at. Some boards had him at one and others had him at two.
0: Regardless, top two prospect, let him sit. Let him sit, let him learn, ride the hot hand, ride the guy that's gotten you to where you are, and just let it be.
1: I think the only problem here is that Jake Fromm hasn't been the hot hand. I guess. But he will be.
0: So other than Florida, Georgia, there's Iowa, Penn State, 18-17, versus and Happy Valley, that's a toss-up. I think I'd go Penn State just uh, yeah, because, I would too. because I still kind of believe in Trace McSorley.
1: I definitely believe in Trace McSorley. It's the rest of the team that I have the problem with, so I'll go Penn State, though.
0: Um, there's Notre Dame-Navy, which I think is the trap game of all trap games because oh, Notre yeah. Dame struggles with that kind of offensive strategy.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting game. Another interesting game on SEC Network at four, Kentucky-Missouri. Missouri puts up some points. Kentucky is my pet team of the season, and uh, that'll be an interesting game as well. I agree with you, though, about Notre Dame-Navy. That's going to be a close game. Night game on CBS. It's going to be a big game, and I think it could—I could, could it. I can't speak English now. could come down to the last possession.
0: Yeah, it really can, and I think the last game is Washington State-Stanford. Washington State really showed out against Oregon. Uh, Stanford is holding on by a thread in the Pac-12 and in the top 25, and— sure it's in uh it's in silicon valley but ultimately i think what i think was gets it done they're the, mike leach is having that team play to an incredible level and unfortunately that is all the time we have for this week
1: oh by the way let me just mention before we get done with this texas oklahoma state's another interesting game that'll
0: well. be a good game as well for jimmy sullivan I'm Matt Costantini. Come back next week when we talk about the very first college football playoff poll of this season. I'm sure it's going to be a wild ride next week. Come back for a great time, ladies and gentlemen.